Hey guys, this is our podcast at the Clemson Foothills Church. We're glad you found us. Join us as we discover what the Bible says about following Jesus, loving God, and serving one another. Feel free to visit our website at clemsonfoothills.com or check out the Clemson Foothills Church YouTube channel. We love learning what God says to us in His Word, and we hope this podcast helps you to do that as well. With all that said, let's dive into the episode for this week. You can go ahead and turn in your Bibles over to John chapter 11. And um, that's where we're going to be today. We're going to be digging into this section. I really loved uh, Anthony sharing what he shared. Thanks for doing that. You know, one of the things that hopefully didn't get missed, okay, is um, he said, you know, he saw in his Bible that, that word that he highlighted and underlined and sort so, um, man, I, if you have your notebook out, if you have, that's a good way to use your Bible. Man, you, you, because here's the deal. If you keep a Bible long enough and you go through sections and you're going, hold on a minute. I have colored through this thing. I have circled it, underlined it, arrows to it. You know, it's just every time it draws you back to going, wow, man, I, you, it, there's something about um, Really having the word of God like this, I know, I get it. I don't want to be an old curmudgeon like, oh man, old boy doesn't get the technology and stuff. Hey, I'm just saying, I love that about my Bible. And I'm glad Anthony brought that up because it's a reminder of going, man, you know, it's funny. Um, you know, each year I pick a word of the year. Okay. Last year, my word was peace. All right. And that was, boy, I'll tell you what, man. I mean, that was a phenomenal year of learning what that meant. This year, I've wrestled, I, before New Year's, man, I wrestled and wrestled and wrestled and fought and fought and fought, and I knew what the word needed to be, and I kept fighting against it, and I was like, no, I'm going to pick something else, I'm going to pick something else, and the word was humility, and uh, right, I was going, no, something else has to fit, you know, it was like nothing else was working right, okay, but I understand what Anthony was saying, you know, it's funny, the more arrogant we are, the less we see it. It's hard to see. We need reminders, right? <laughs> I mean, you got to look at and go, oh, man, I totally forgot how prideful I am. All right. And that seems silly, but it's really, man, it's the truth. So, uh, Anthony, great job. Thanks for sharing that, man. Uh, let's start out again, as we always do. Um, just let's talk to God. All right. On our own. Um, and just, you know, have a hope. Here's my hope um, is that. Um, we're constantly having this conversation, okay, of God speak to me. I hope we have it all the time. I need to have it more. I, I'm talking about, okay, if I'm sitting at Chick-fil-A, God speak to me. If I'm at the library, the co- where, wherever you are of, of this, this attitude of a disciple, just speak to me. Just what do you want? How can I please you? How can I obey you? How can I be used by you? So that's my hope at this time is that as we take some time to pray, that that's our heart, is God speak to me um, today. So let's go to God in prayer on that. Father, we do ask that you, that you speak to us, God, that you, we want to hear you, Father. We want to understand you and know you. We want, we want to be we want to be deeper, Father, not intellectually necessarily, Father. We just, you are, um, golly, we could, we could spend our whole lives getting to know you and we wouldn't probably even scratch the surface of knowing everything about you. We want to know you more because we know that's how our lives change. We know that when we know you more, we're able to live differently. We're able to surrender to you. And uh, please, uh, God, we know that you are teaching us constantly. We know that uh, you are gentle with us, but we also know, God, that you discipline us as well. Um, Father, I pray that we learn our lessons before that. God, please, uh, I want to be a quick learner. pray that we are as a community. Uh, we want to please you. God, please let us hear your voice. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, John chapter 11, we're, we're cruising through this, and I hope... Um, I hope as, as we've been going through these I am statements of Jesus that, um, you know, there's, there's something about these that should be piquing your curiosity. 
There, there's something about these that go beyond just a little bit of talking about these, okay? Whether Jesus, he's making these very I don't, provocative, yes, almost weird statements, okay? And he's doing them and really, you know, we miss out on not being at the location where Jesus is teaching because he's such a great teacher and he's using his surroundings to teach about who he is, all right? And a lot of times, unfortunately, we do, we want to know about Jesus. Unfortunately, sometimes you want to know what, we want to know him because we want, we want him to do something good for us, right? And, And let me explain that a little more. Sometimes it's very, there's a very fine line between worshiping Jesus and following him and acknowledging I really like that Jesus because he can give me a good life. Okay, there's, there's a very fine line there, and he's going, yeah, I'll give you life to the full, right? But he isn't our personal self-help guru, right? He isn't just the, he isn't, you know, Siri who we just taught, hey, I need this. You're good, so give me that, right? We're talking about a surrender and a submission. And so when he teaches about himself and he says, you know, I am the bread of life, we should hopefully scratch our heads and say, that's weird, okay? But additionally, there should be a curiosity of going, what does that mean? What does that mean to me today? I, I don't know. Hopefully, you know, I've been thinking a lot. It's, it's fun watching the campus group me because you guys spend a lot of time studying, right? I mean, there's a lot of time in the library studying. Like, I'll be here from this time to that time, and it's late and all that. And I thought, you know what would be really cool as a community is what if that was happening with our Bibles? And, and I, know they're ha- I know you guys are reading your Bible, but I'm saying, how cool would that be, though, if somebody's like, hey, come on down, we're going to spend the next three hours just digging into this, mm-hmm. right? We're just going to, hey, invite your friends over here because we're just going to study this and learn about this. I think that's what Jesus wants us to be doing, not, not 15 or 20 minutes of just like, let me get through this so I can start my day. Right. But it's this idea of really being curious. We're going to read a story right here. This blows my mind. Okay, let's start in in chapter 11, verse one. All right. Now, I want to start out by letting you know where Jesus is geographically in this story. Okay, so at this time you have if you can picture and this is if you can't picture it, you can look in your Bible to a map. All right. Is you have the Jordan River. All right. That's going right up the east side of. Israel, okay, right up the middle there, and it's and, and Jesus is um, is going from Jerusalem where he was, and he he leaves there because remember, in chapter nine and chapter ten they were trying to kill him. They were they were going to throw stones at him until he was dead. He said, "Well, let's go." And so he actually went across the river, okay, to the other side of the Jordan River in a region called Perea, okay. Listen, there's. Maybe you'll get that right on a Jeopardy question. You don't really have to remember that, but you have to remember that he's, he's a little ways away from Jerusalem, right? He's maybe 15, 20 miles away from Jerusalem at this time, okay? And it says here, now a man was sick in verse 1 of chapter 11. A man was sick. His name was Lazarus. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair and it was her brother Lazarus who was sick so the sisters sent a message to to Jesus Lord the one you love is sick when Jesus heard it he said this sickness won't end in death but it's for the glory of God so that the son of God may be glorified through it okay and as we as we navigate this here's a couple of questions to continually ask yourself as we're getting into God's word what am I learning about Jesus here This isn't just a story, but what do we learn about this? This is an uncomfortable truth about Jesus. He gets a message, not just a message that some guy is sick. He gets a message, Lord, the one you love. Wouldn't that be cool if if Jesus knew you? You didn't have to. He just said, you know, the one you love, Jesus, he's sick. Oh, Mike, Mike is sick. You know, it's it's that, you know, the one you love, Lazarus, he's he's sick. Okay, and. Now think about this as we interact, as we live our lives with the living Jesus, okay? And we're praying, and, and you want to know what? You might be praying, there might be some really heavy things going on in life. 
and you're praying and you're going, Lord, the one you love is <laughs> the one you love is not well. The one you love has needs. The one you love, I need you to come over here. And Jesus is going, I'm going to stay right where I am for a little while. I'm going to stay right where I am for a little while. Okay. And he says, and here's why. He said, because this really, the whole purpose of this is the ultimate end is is this going to blow people's minds, okay? When you see so that God's name is glorified, we can put English into that. So this, was, this is going to blow people's minds when they see what's really going to happen, okay? And that's a really good headspace to be in as a follower of his, is going, okay, you know, I'm sure Mary and Martha and Lazarus, as they're watching Lazarus die, okay, they're, they're in pain, they're suffering, they're sad, they're watching something really, I mean, you know, Lazarus doesn't seem to be an extremely old man, okay? And there's something about this headspace of going, Here, here's the deal, man, we're, we're about to see something that's going to blow people's minds. What? I don't know. I don't know, but I trust Jesus. We talk to Jesus. Yeah, he's 20 miles away. Yeah, he can't get in the car. Yeah, he can't get here that quick. But you don't know what? We're about to see that. And uh, he goes on here. Now, Jesus loved Martha. So this wasn't just like he loved these folks. It wasn't just them saying it. He says he loved Martha. He loved Mary. He loved Lazarus. So when he heard he was sick, he stayed two more days (laughs) where he was. Okay. now here's the listen. This is the fun part of getting to know Jesus. Why on earth are you staying 48 more hours? All right, if we, don't, if we don't stop there, unfortunately what Christianity becomes, because you want to know what? The world wants to know, who is this Jesus? Who is this king that you claim to worship? Who is, well, he's so great, but he's staying for two, he heard this news and he's going, you know what, I really love, I really love Lazarus and Mary and Martha. I love them so much, but I'm going to stay here for right now. Then after that, after a couple of days, he said to his disciples, okay, let's go to Judea. Let's go on over there. Rabbi, the disciples told him, he goes, just now the Jews tried to stone you and you're going there again? All right, and so they're kind of going, listen, if they're, if they're mad at you, they're going to be mad at us too, probably, okay? I mean, it's, it's almost less about them stoning you as we're with you, man, okay? So did you forget Jesus? That they stoned you not that long ago. <laughs> they were wanting to. They're not happy with you. And then in pure Jesus form, he says, aren't there 12 hours in a day? Th- this is what's so fun about this passage, okay? Because you're going, can you imagine the back and forth? All right? It's this idea of how confused were the disciples? Oh, hey, we're, um, uh, Lazarus is sick. What's Jesus going to do? Stay here. No, now we're going to go. But Jesus, they're going to stone you. Aren't there 12 hours in the day? I mean, there's no, I mean, you got to, at every moment of time, Jesus is like this perfect teacher. That's why slowing ourselves down in the scripture is so good. It is so good because we're going, hold on a minute. That's a weird question to ask. Okay, and he goes, and then he continues to clarify, if anyone walks during the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. If anyone walks during the night, he does stumble because the light is not in him. He said this, and then he told him, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. Okay, so essentially he's saying, listen, my time hasn't come yet. It's still light. All right, we can go because, you know, when you walk in the light, you don't stumble. And again, how many times sitting around the campfire was there a brave enough disciple to go, Jesus, <laughs> just, just, a, just, a, just a really straight answer would be great now. <laughs> you know, like, like, can you help me out a little bit? Because my mind, I mean, you think about it is, is, I don't know if there are many times being around Jesus that he wasn't engaging your mind. Okay. And again, not intellectually. He wasn't giving like these theological. He was just making you think with what he said. Okay. And so that's, boy, I'll tell you what, you want to talk about what, what a great thing, man. You want to talk about engaging followers is you're, we're following Jesus and he's engaging our thinking constantly. Right. He's constantly, you know, these kind of things going, what did he mean by that? Why couldn't he have just said he's not dying yet? Because it's like, man, you know what? And then there's that side of it. You got to go, I love you, Jesus. <laughs> that is awesome. Anyone could say it a different way. You're teaching us, right? And then he says, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on, 
uh, uh, we're going to go wake him up. Then the disciples said, Lord, if he's falling asleep, he'll get well. <laughs> I mean, this is like, this is wonderful right here because they're going, hold on a minute. Is he asleep or is he sick? Well, if he's sleeping, that's good, right? Because he may has a cold and, you know, get, well, why are we going to go interrupt his sleep if he's sleeping? Can you, I, it's funny. In my mind, I always think, and I, I just picture Jesus going like this. <laughs> oh, oh, goodness. Right. If he had a, if he had Twitter. Or he'd be like SMH, right? Is that right? Is that close enough? You know? Okay, good. That doesn't mean a bad thing, hopefully. Okay, good. Some of those things, you get in trouble, right? You put the wrong letters together, you're in trouble, okay? So I'm just saying. Uh, But anyway, so he says this. He he said, listen, the disciples said, Jesus, however, was speaking about his death, but they thought he was speaking about just natural sleep. So Jesus said plainly, Lazarus is dead. I'm glad for you that I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. Again, very interesting statement. It says, I'm glad I wasn't there. Because again, what you're about to see is going to blow your mind. And not just you, not just, not just you guys, but everyone who reads about this. Everyone to come after that, right? Then Thomas called twin, he was a twin, I guess, said to his fellow disciples, let's go so that we may die with him. That's a whole nother story, right? I mean, you're going, Thomas, is that Thomas said that? Like, you're going, what is wrong with these people, right? But, you know, Thomas, boy, you could, again, you could go and study that one out. That's, that's fascinating. Anyway, when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, here's the fascinating thing about this. He got there four days. Lazarus had been dead. Now, in this climate, in this geography, when somebody died, you buried him that day. Okay. And what's fascinating about four days um, is that there's a, there's like this Jewish, um, I don't know what the, the right word, kind of this, um, um, I, don't, I don't know if it's a fable, just kind of this thought process that, that when you die for three days, your soul kind of wanders around trying to find its body again, okay? And on the fourth day, if it, by the fourth day, if your soul finds the body, the body's already become, be, began decomposing and the soul won't go in it anymore. So the fourth day, man, there's no coming back from death. They actually believe that, you know, your soul kind of had this thing going on. So there's actually even purpose behind this with the Jews was the third day, if he's about to do this, they might go, well, dude, we believe that the soul can, and maybe the soul just happened to find Lazarus, right? And Jesus waited till the fourth day, all right, because there's already decomposition happening here. So um, he'd already been in the tomb. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about a couple miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, If you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Okay, we're going to hear this this refrain a couple times, okay? And this is a part where we do, if you're taking notes, you kind of have to take this down as a note because I think this expresses some things that, that are in our own heart, right? Is this statement, if you had done this, this wouldn't have happened. Jesus, if you would have done this, then this wouldn't have happened. Jesus, if you would have done these things, if you would have been here for for this. And I think those are just really valuable to sit down and to think through. Because, again, when we pray, we want to continually be maturing in our prayer life, right? And what that means is, is that we become more, even more thoughtful as we pray, not just praying and saying words, right? Not just not just saying things and 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 but that there's a maturity to what we're praying for and, and, and going, okay, it's okay to start somewhere, but also to know that, hold on a minute, you know what I learned from, from Mary and Martha is, is this lesson here, right? And it's good to remember. I mean, Mary and Martha were awesome, but it's good because they express something we often express in our prayer life or in our own attitude. Jesus, this bad thing happened, and if you were, if you were going to do anything about it, you could have done it, right? And so anyway... Um, and he says, your brother will rise again. Okay. And, and that wasn't uncommon. I mean, a, a very core Jewish foundational principle is resurrection of the dead. 
All right. I mean, this wasn't something new. In fact, in fact, the Sadducees, you had the Pharisees and the Sadducees. The, the Pharisees actually were upset with the Sadducees because they didn't believe in resurrection. They didn't believe in that, that word that we're about to get into. Resurrection, very religious word, right? Uh, it just means really literally the Greek word is Anastasius. Okay. Yeah. And it just means up again. Okay, what it means in this context of resurrection is dead things that come back to life. Okay, and so they understood this. Jews understood this. Martha said, I understand that. I know he'll rise again at the resurrection on the last day. I, I know. Martha said, no, 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 I get that he'll rise again. I do understand that. That at the resurrection, okay, now here's the interesting thing. She said, at the resurrection, he'll rise again. And I want to picture, like, let's put ourselves right here next to Martha. Okay. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Okay. You, we've got to plant our bottoms right there. Okay. I mean, this, this is one of those things you're going, oh, it sounds great. Uh, I mean, go and Google this. I mean, you get these profound like beautiful, like articles written about these words. And, and all of them are really just kind of very superficial, too, because you've got to stop. Essentially, what he's saying is, is I am. I am the life that comes from death. I, I literally it's not see resurrection is not an event. He says it's him. All right, that's very different, okay? It's like when, when Jesus said, love someone, he's not telling you to do something different. He's actually introducing himself and saying, that means do what I would do because he is love, okay? That's a very different mindset, okay? He says, I am the resurrection and the life, okay? And so why is it important for us to stop? Because you think with, Mar with Martha right here, she was the original recipient of this message, Okay, one of the principles of understanding the Bible is that it can't mean the Bible can't mean something to us that it didn't mean to its original recipient. Okay, there's there's a couple of original recipients here. The the original original one is Martha. All right, is she's sitting here going, hold on a minute, what on earth? And she doesn't have the benefit that we have. She doesn't have the benefit of the first readers of John's gospel of reading it and knowing, hey, I already know how the movie goes. I already know how this ends. I already know that when Jesus says this, that he's talking about even greater things. He's, this isn't about Lazarus any longer. We already know that there's something greater. But what if we erased everything and we were Martha? Oh, man, I am the rest. I, I think there's a side of it. Okay, and he, this is honestly what's very difficult about these passages this one in particular. Okay. Th there's no self-help here. Okay, so he here's the deal. This is a little bit diagnostic, okay? Because to a consumer, right? If, if you're coming to read this as a consumer, if you're listening to this as a consumer, as somebody who isn't super really excited about following Jesus, you just want to go to heaven one day instead of hell, okay? And you're just, you just want to take your, 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 your coming places, you're listening because you, you want something, okay? These passages will be very frustrating because to a consumer, this has no use. How do I, con how do I consume this? Because he's telling us a truth that's so deep and so, it's so profound that we've got to take a lot of time to think through this. This, is, this goes beyond a sermon. This goes beyond a, this goes beyond a quiet time. This is going, hold on, he's saying something so profound here. Because here's what we're talking about. We're not talking about bread, and we're not talking about light, and we're not talking about gates, and we're not talking about shepherds anymore. We're talking about death to life, okay? And here's the truth. None of us in here have physically seen that before. All right. That's like inconceivable in our minds. All right. Um, it, it really is. I mean, that's the that's the wrestling match we have with death. Is we know. Right. We're going, man. I, wow. And this is what he's talking about. He's like, no, you don't understand. I am the quote unquote up again from death. I am that like folks have never seen it. 
He's like, I do it. All right. This is meant to blow. Just the, just the knowledge of it is meant to blow our minds. All right. If there's anything we follow in this world, I want to follow the guy that can bring dead things to life. Let's go. Okay, that's it. If we were if we reminded ourselves of that every single day, who do I want to follow? The world. Okay, here's the world's track record. Okay, divorce, abuse. Right. I mean, that just on just that. I mean, if you're on social media at all outside of like Instagram, if you look at the news. All right. It doesn't seem like anyone's happy. The world has failed. All right. It, it has. Go and go look at any news that you want to. It, the world's way has failed. All right. If there's anything, if there's anyone we would follow, hopefully we're saying I want to follow the guy that brings dead things to life. All right. See, our world does a great job of taking live things and making them dead. All right. And that's the thing, whether it's marriages or purity or relationships or any of those things. Right. And so hopefully we remember that. Oh, man, that's the that's the dude right there. Even if I don't understand everything about the resurrection, that's who I want to follow right there is that guy, because I'm going, you really like I'll follow you the rest of your life to find out how you do that. Right. How do you do that? And, and, And here's the thing. At this time, he's talking to a grieving woman. All right, he's talking to a grieving woman. I'm the resurrection and the life. She's sad. Her, her brother has died. There's people at her home mourning. I mean, this is like, you know, when you've lost someone that you're close to, that is, that is emotionally draining, right? I mean, it's sad and it's, it, you're tired. And, you know, and he's talking, and he, here's where we have the benefit of living when we live, is we get to see that, okay, this goes beyond Lazarus. Right. He's actually talking about me and you. Okay, and we have to come to this this realization. Turn over to Ephesians chapter two. Okay, because this is where it gets very meaningful. This is where we can bridge the gap from the first century to this century. Okay, is is uh, in Ephesians chapter two, um, and again, deep breath, slow down. Take some notes, because here's what can be very easily missed um, in a Christian community. Paul writes this. This is to the Christians in Ephesus. Right? These are people who have become disciples. He said, you were dead in your trespasses and sins in which you previously walked according to the ways of this world. All right, there, there's a truth. I want you to think about it. What was life like? That, this sounds so strange, right? What was life like when we were dead? He said, because when we followed the ways of the world, that's what we were. We were dead, all right? And, and understandably, right, this is a hard concept to grasp because, go, no, but I wasn't dead. When I was 22, I wasn't dead. When I was 20, I wasn't dead. When I was 18, I wasn't dead in in the dictionary of God, I absolutely was dead. Right? It's this idea of following the world had killed me. And what's really sad about that is I kept trying to find answers in the world to fix that problem. All right? It, it, it's like going to, you know, uh, it, it's like being in war and you get killed by the enemy and you keep going back to the enemy for him to make you better. You know, why would you do that? He just killed you, right? And this is a truth, honestly, and, and I, sometimes when you're, when you're young and you become a disciple, this gets left out because it's like, man, this is kind of morbid. Do I want my kids thinking they're dead? Well, yes, if you're going to become a Christian, yes, you're dead. If you, if you don't understand that, you're not ready to live. All right. See, see when, you're, when you're ready to become a disciple and be baptized into Jesus, it's not just, man, okay, I just don't want to go to hell. It's like, no, I'm ready to die now. Like old Keith is ready to be dead forever. And this is the thing. I, I want us always to examine this in ourselves. It's remember, what was it like when we were dead? And it should be distinctly different than when we came to life. It should be. It should be completely different in how we live, in how we behave, in how we act. He says, you were dead. And then down here a little bit further, he said this. He said, um... But God, in verse 4 of Ephesians chapter 2, God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with the Messiah, even though we were dead in sin. 
again, so here we, we start to see this. This becomes a very common, you know, Jesus has died and has already risen. But now it gets into the church. It gets into our communities, right? Of no, there's dead people walking around in this world, all right? And the, and the goal isn't that we go get them wet. The goal is, is that we teach them to follow Jesus, right? And they want to die. And, and here's the deal. When we're studying the Bible, when we're proclaiming the gospel, here's, here's when you know, right? Turn over to Romans chapter 6, okay? Because this is really where you know is it's not, man, I want to be baptized because it wasn't done right or I was never taught this or, or any of those things. And that's, that's not the complete answer. I know sometimes we think it's the complete answer. Like somebody go, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, I was never taught that. So let me go and get baptized. He, here's the real deal is that I may have never been taught that. Where can I go and die? Where, where can I go and die? Because I know Jesus takes dead things and, make them, and makes them alive. Where can I go and die? And that's what we read. This is essentially what Paul writes in Romans 6. He says this in verse 1. What should we say? Should we continue to sin so grace may multiply? He says, no. How can we who died to sin live in it? Okay, I mean, you catch that word right there? How can we who died? All right, so that's the reason. Followers of Jesus have to be ready to die. To what? Well, to sin. All right. He said, if you're not ready to die to sin, you're not ready to live for Jesus. Okay. And he says, so um, he says, are you unaware in verse three that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? He's like, didn't you realize like when you, you wanted to die? And so he said, yeah, come to this water because you're going to meet Jesus in death. All right. That's profound right there. What a gift to share with somebody. I mean, we're listen, we've gone beyond denominational doctrinal arguments, man. We're talking about, hey, you want to meet Jesus right here in his death? Boy, that's profound right there. OK. And Paul says, but don't you realize you, you should have died to sin if you were baptized with him and you met him in death and, and you didn't die to sin? You did it. You weren't ready for this yet. OK, he says you, you died. Therefore, he said, in verse 4, we were buried with him by baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too may walk in a new way of life. He's, he's going, Here, here's the deal. Is let, Let's talk resurrection. Let's talk resurrection in our time, right? He's like, you're dead. Come to that conclusion. The, the, the quicker and more thorough, we can come to that conclusion going, man, I'm just dead. Where can I go and die with Jesus? Where can I go and meet him? Well, it's right here. Let's go. Are you ready to die? You ready to die to sin? You ready to die to your old life? Absolutely. Oh, hey, by the way, here's the good news. Your sins are going to be forgiven and you're going to get the Holy Spirit and you're going to get full life later and now. Okay. I mean, here's the, the truth of the matter is, is we've got to come to a truth before the good news becomes good news. Right. And so he's saying this and he's like, hey, here's the deal that you, you, you died with Jesus in that water and you come out of that water. And he says, now it's like resurrection, dead and now alive, brand new. Old you has gone, okay? See, that's where this, so here's what's fascinating about this. We get to go back and read this story about Jesus telling Martha about this idea of, no, I'm the resurrection and the life. And you wanna know what? That's great information, okay? Because here, here's the truth. Anyone can talk a good game. I mean, Jesus could say it all he wants, right? No, I'm the resurrection. No, I do bring dead things to life. I do all of that stuff, okay? But turn back over to John chapter 11 because he does something even, he goes another step fur, further. You know, you almost get the idea if, you're, if we were Martha, you almost get the idea that Jesus is about to tell her, yeah, Lazarus is just dead. I'm the resurrection and the life. She's like, no, no, I get it. Yeah, 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 the resurrection. I'm on the same page. He's me and you. And you get this idea. Jesus is about to say, so he's just dead now. Like you get this, this, this feeling here. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life in verse 25. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die ever. Do you believe this? Well, yes, Lord. She told him, I believe you're the Messiah, the son of God who comes into the world. Having said this, she went back and called her sister Mary, 
saying in private, the teacher is here and is calling for you. Boy, let's, that word, circle that word right here. The teacher is here. Boy, that's great. I know we live in a time where like, I just want Jesus to be my friend. I, listen, here's the deal. I know he's my friend. I want him to be my teacher. <laughs> okay. I don't, listen, my friends and me can get in trouble. Okay. I have friends that can get me in trouble. I can get my friends in trouble. I want Jesus to be more than my friend. Amen. Okay. I'm like, so I love this about Martha because she's like, hey, Mary, the teacher's here. Right. When was the last time you called Jesus that? Like, hey, this is the teacher's here. Let's look what the teacher has to say. As soon as she heard him, she got up quickly. She went to him. Jesus still hadn't come into the village, but he stayed where Martha had, had met him. The Jews who were with her in the house consoling her saw that Mary got up quickly and went out. So they followed her, supposing she was going to the tomb to cry there. All right. And when Mary came to where Jesus was, she fell at his feet and said, Lord, if, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. You hear the refrain again? Right. If, if you would have been here and this is listen, this isn't a woman who's just she's trying to be difficult. She's hurting like when people hurt. We say things. Right. I mean, that's the that happens. I mean, that's part of living life It's like, man, my heart hurts. And I don't think she was trying to be mean spirited or a jerk or anything like that. She's just like, man, Jesus, we do trust you. Like I, I'm one of the few people that do know you could do this. Like if you just would have been here. Right. And so anyway, um, when Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her were crying as well, he was angry in his spirit and deeply moved. That's a funny word right there, okay, because we think, is he angry at her? Like, who's he angry at? But there's this better word choice probably. Is there's, this, there's this deep disturbance, I think, in Jesus' soul. It seems like this word is telling us, not for, for Mary, not for, but he's seeing these people and they're hurting and he's going, see what death does? Like, they think this is it. Like, this is what the world teaches us. This, this is true death. It's, it's hopeless. It's hopeless. All right? And again, Jesus, who is the resurrection, is going, man, they wouldn't, this wouldn't hurt if, if they knew who I was. This wouldn't be that way, right? This is different. This is, see, death isn't the end. It's the beginning. But we, we've got to really believe that to be true, right? And he's seeing people, and they're weeping, and they're hurting, and he's upset, all right. Where have you put him? Jesus said, Lord, they told him, come and see. And then Jesus wept. OK, and, and, and I know, unfortunately, you know, I mean, man, we mess up the Bible sometimes, I think, because I, most of us know this verse and we say, oh, the shortest verse in the Bible. This is, like the, this is like the longest running joke in the church, all right? We're going to do some memory verses. What do you want to do? I'll, I'll memorize that one. Jesus wept, okay? And what's, it becomes kind of like this comedy show instead of going, you want to know what? When you think about this, this will soften anyone's heart. I mean, when you think about this right here, when you think about Jesus and he's going, listen, I know I can rectify this situation, but I'm looking at people who are hurting. And it is like, my, I, I'm weeping because of that, okay? It's so, hey, let's do this. Let's be the people that stop making the memorization joke about this and start really embodying, going, this is, see, see the guy that brings dead things to life? Isn't that great that he personalizes things so deeply? Even when he has the power to change it immediately, his heart still is moved by us. That's pretty cool. All right, that's meant for us to meditate on and think through and think about in our own life and thinking about in this life. And I mean, could you imagine loving Jesus and looking over at him and seeing him weeping because you're hurting, right? Could you imagine that? I mean, this is huge right here, okay? And so, so he says this, Jesus was weeping and the Jews said, see how he loved him. But just like always, there were some of them that said, well, couldn't he open the blind man's eyes, kept him from dying? Okay, so me and you here, if we were in this place, how infuriating would this be? I mean, Jesus has opened himself up for criticism, right? He didn't run there. See, here's the interesting thing. 
Jesus isn't trying to just make us happy and to run to every single need we have. He's going, no, I have a purpose to glorify God, to blow people's minds with this because then people are going to want to follow him. And so he's opened himself up. And, and can you imagine? He's weeping. There's Mary and Martha and, and, and people are going, dude, couldn't you even? I mean, you, you healed the blind guy. Why couldn't you heal the dead guy? I mean, at that, I'm not kidding you. I'm thinking if I had the power of God residing inside of me, man, I think, I don't know what I would do, but it would not be good. There, listen, it would be a, I don't know, man. I, I really don't know what I would do. When I read this from a sense of what Jesus could be hearing, it infuriates me to think about that. Like, oh, are you kidding me? Right? And so anyway, then Jesus, angry in himself again, okay? So again, it's that word, it's that disturbed, okay? And it doesn't tell us, was he disturbed by what the people were saying? It doesn't tell us. It says he's disturbed. He's angry. He came to the tomb. It was a cave. There was a stone against it. He said, remove the stone. Martha, says, Martha, the dead man's sister, said, Lord, he's decaying. It's been four days. Jesus said, didn't I tell you if you believe you would see the glory of God? I mean, you know, I, clearly at this point she's going, I didn't even imagine. You want us to take the stone? Like, are you kidding me? If you... I'm thinking, okay, here's the deal. If you can raise him from the dead, you move the stone, okay? Can't you do this? And Jesus goes, no, no, no. It's very important that you go and move the stone, all right? Because, again, this is what we want, is we want to sit there and go, but Jesus, you can do this, so why don't you do that and really blow my mind? He's like, no, you're going to have to do a little work. you got to go and roll that stone out of the way, okay? And she's like, please don't. Please, please, please don't. It is not good. I know we put spices and a Yankee candle in there. We did put one in there. It's gone out by this time, okay? And so they removed the stone. Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me. But because of this crowd standing here, I said this so they'll believe that you sent me. So he's basically going, I'm going to say this out loud, God. Don't take offense. But they've got to know that what's about to happen is from you. And that me and you were talking, okay? After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come on down. Now, could you imagine? You ever seen a dead person come out of a tomb? I mean, in movies when they show it's scary in movies when they show it. I mean, you're like, oh my goodness, you have, the, you have like a casket open and the hand comes out. It's like, it's scary. Okay, so here comes... The dead man came out. He was still bound hand and foot with linen strips. So, I mean, he didn't come out just like, he's like this. All wrapped up, okay? And Jesus is like, man, would you go let him go? Like, loosen those things. Get, get, get that off of him. He says, therefore, many of the Jews who came to Mary and saw what he did believed in him, but some went to the Pharisees and told them what Jesus had done. So the chief priests and the Pharisees convened the Sanhedrin and said, what are we going to do since this man does many signs? If we let him continue in this way, everyone will believe in him. Then the Romans will come and remove both our place and our nation. You see, this is, we learned something about us right here. Is you want to know what Jesus does? Jesus comes into our lives in places that we go, you want to know what? But I'm going to need to defend me. All right. They weren't worried that he was the Messiah. They were like, no, we fully acknowledge. If you ever have a problem with miracles... I love this because you won't often find places where they say he didn't do the miracle. Most of the time when he does a miracle, they go, no, no, we see that he's doing that. We've got to stop him because my place in life is going to change. My power is going to change. My, you, you, you fill in the blank. My job is going to change. My life is going to change. My entertainment choices are going to change, okay? And so they just decided we've got to get rid of this fellow right here, okay? And so, again, all of this... Um, all of this from this one statement that Jesus said, he said, man, I am the resurrection and the life, okay? And again, for Martha, it might have been something very rudimentary and maybe even like, oh, what does that mean? For us, knowing that Jesus did rise again, okay? Knowing that that happened, seeing what happened from that, this requires us to look at our lives and go, wow, okay. But, but here's the, the, the thing, okay? Because this happens oftentimes. We go, how do I know? Okay. What's interesting, let me just backtrack just a little bit here um, because we're going to jump to another one of John's writings in a second. But jump over to John chapter 20. Okay. There's, there's two things that I think are, are important for us to constantly remember as we read this, this gospel. Okay. 
In John chapter 20, verse 30, It says, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples that are not written in this book. So John is saying, man, I had to, I had to weed it out. There was too much good stuff to write in one book. He goes, there's too many. But these are written so that you would believe Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. And by believing, you may have life in his name. Okay, that's, there, there's such a theme of life when it comes to Jesus, okay? And, and I think we have to remind ourselves, am, do I ha- am I living life, like a full life? That doesn't mean I get to go to all the places I want to go to and see all the things I want to see and have all the fun that I want to have, but it's this idea of, am I living a full life? Because Jesus said, here's the deal, when you were dead in your sin and I brought you back to life and I'm showing you all of these things because my followers should be the epitome of those who are living life to the full. That doesn't mean that everything goes right, but the people go, wow, look at Jesus' followers, how they handle that. Look at that. That really is life. How you can, wow, you mean you can look at bad situations in a faithful way? You mean you can not complain? You mean you can see things differently? You can have life, okay? And this becomes kind of a question, well, what does it really look like, okay? Turn over to 1 John chapter 3, and this is what we're going to finish on right here. Because again, we're, 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 we're reading from the same author. We're reading from the same author. We're reading from the guy who wrote this gospel, and he decided of all the miracles he was going to put in, one of them was Lazarus' death and resurrection, and the other guys decided they didn't put that in there. Okay, they put other things in. You know, he talks about resurrection and life and i want you to have life okay and first john chapter 3 verse 14 we know so this is a good start we know we know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers that's almost too simple he says, this is how we know. Let's go. Now, now think about this again. In God's thinking of a diverse group of followers that wouldn't have any reason to come together other than him. Okay, People who make different amounts of money, live in different parts of town, look different, talk different. In his, in his goal of having this, he says, Here's, here, is, here it is right here. You know you've come from death to life because you look around and you see a messed up group of sinners. You go, man, I love this group. I love these people. And, and not just like it's easy to say, you know, I mean, and if, have you ever done this before? You have something to say about somebody and you preface it with, now I love them. <laughs> have you ever done that before? <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> okay. My buddy Mike is great. I love him. And anything that comes after that is definitely not good, okay? But we say that sometimes because that's, again, we've got to mature past this of the words of saying that, okay? Because he goes down further, okay? And he says this. He says, everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Wow, that's a tough teaching. And he says, you know the no murderer has eternal life residing in him. So he, he tells us in 14, we know if we pass from death to life because we love our brother. Then he says, this is how we know love. Okay, so it's this. He's just like setting it up perfectly. Love your brother. Well, this is how we know what love is. He laid his life down for us. We should lay our lives down for our brothers. If anyone has this world's goods and sees his brother in need but closes his eyes to his need, how can God's love reside in him? Little children, we must not love with word or speech but with truth and action. This is how we will know we belong to the truth and will convince our conscience in his presence, even if our conscience condemns us. Because God is greater than that. He knows all things. Right. So here's where this became very real. Okay. Because, again, we get this idea of I want the teacher who can take dead things and make them alive. 
That's who we want to follow. That's who we want to be obsessed with. That's who we want to be passionate about. That's who we want to learn more about. That's who we want to spend more time with is this guy. And then he says, yeah, I bring dead things to life. And in fact, humanity is dead. And some of us were dead and some of us are dead. And you have to come to that truth of going, okay, you know what he's calling me to do? I have to die to me. And I have to be very clear about what dead Keith looked like. Okay. And he said, I'll make you alive again. I will, I will bring you to new life, but you've got to die, and I'll bring you to new life. And then John says, well, here's how you know, okay, is, is how you know you've passed from death to life is because you love your brothers. You're going, well, I do love my brothers. That's a no-brainer. I already love them. He says, well, hold on a minute. Here's how you know what love is. You lay your life down. That's inconvenient. That may cost something. All right? That's not just about physical needs. That's about protecting one another. Right? That's about looking out for the best interests of one another. It's about the one going, hey, man, you want to know what? Here, here's the thing is, is, is you ever watch, uh, there was this movie a long, long time ago. Gosh, this is probably 40 years ago, probably on the Disney Channel. Okay? It did exist back then okay, when I was a kid. And there was this movie called Love Leads the Way. And it was about a man. It was a true story about a man and a seeing-eye dog. And the man did not want the seeing-eye dog. And so he would take him, and they were trying to, like, introduce this, and the guy would abuse the dog. And the guy would kick the dog and hit the dog and abuse the dog. And the funny thing about this is what changed him was he was in a courtroom. I believe it was a courtroom. And the elevator doors were open. There was no elevator in it. And the dog would not move. And the guy just kept, like, going after this dog. And the dog would not move, okay? And somebody came up like, what are you doing? And he's like, I hate, you know, and he's just frustrated. I hate this dog. He's like, dude, this dog kept you from falling down this this thing right here. Like you've been abusing the very being who's been trying to keep you from falling 11 stories. All right. And then after that, it was like totally softened his heart. Right. Here's the thing about it is there's an aspect of that. We've got to be that to one another. All right, because there are things we see in each other's lives sometimes go, that's going to kill you. Okay, and it's not okay to go, man, just, it's okay. There's ways to get around that. There's ways. No, no, you can do that. You can be immoral. You can, you can go and do this. You can go and, and, and date non-Christians. You can go and do, it won't kill you. It's okay. It's okay to live in this life, in this entertainment style and all that kind of stuff. And somebody's got to go, you want to know what? It's going to kill you one day. And unfortunately, you want to know what? Sometimes you take a beating for it. Okay? Sometimes you do. That's part of it. you got to be willing to take the beating sometime, right? I mean, you got to be willing to sit there and go, no, you don't understand. You're going to die if you do this. This is how you know. This is how you know that we have come to know love. He laid his life down for us. We should lay our lives down for our brothers. 